Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's up, guys? Week number nine all wrapped up, and, uh, you know, what an interesting week it was. I got burned in the final minutes on two of my games this week. I picked the Falcons over the Vikings and I picked the Buccaneers over the Texans. And in both of those games, I was right about that outcome until there was less than a – there were in both games, I think there was less than 10 seconds to go uh, when uh, the Vikings and the Texans respectively each scored their game-winning touchdowns to snatch defeat from the hands of victory uh, from me uh, in this one. So, Yeah. And there were a few other games, like uh, on the show, I picked the Raiders to beat the Giants. But for some reason, when I made my picks on the app, I got the Giants, and then I put 10 on the Giants. I, I, that had to be a mistake. I, I'm, I'm sure that I thought I picked the, the Raiders in that one because I made them online on my computer as opposed to on the phone where I'm sure I would not have made that mistake. God damn it. So that cost me 10 points on top of, I think, 15 or so with the the last-minute losses. So that's 25 points I screwed myself out of uh, this week. Yeah, so just beautiful, just beautiful. We'll go over all of it and then some. We got the all-out blitz. We got the pick six. So let's go ahead and get started. This is the Week 9 review episode of the fourth phase, so let's get to it. Welcome to the fourth phase, presented by Bears Talk Underground and Sports Drink Media. And now, your host, Larry D. Great googly moogly. This is just, I cannot believe my luck sometimes. I mean, last year, the thing was, I couldn't pick a Thursday night game to save my life. After getting, after watching after correctly picking Buffalo to beat L.A. to start the season last year in 2022, I think it was like week nine before I got another Thursday night game right. No matter what I tried, I always ended up making the wrong pick until like mid-season I finally got another Thursday game right. This time, it's it's for some reason, now that there's confidence points involved, I I, I seem to be getting the, the games that I've that I'm least confident about right and the ones that I really like, I'm getting those wrong, and it's killing me right now. It's killing me. Like I am not as I am too far down the you know in the, down the standings than I should be right now. It's 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 just uh, it's driving me bananas. And like I said, this week the Vikings and the uh, Texans screwed me out of last minute uh, victories. I picked the Dolphins to beat the Chiefs, but I only put one point on it, so that one didn't hurt too bad. Uh, that was very 50-50 as far as the split on who picked who uh, in that one. You know, I didn't know that Stafford wasn't playing against the Packers. If I hadn't, if I'd have known that, I would have changed my pick. I missed that information, and the Packers rolled the Rams. Only lost six points on that one, but damn it. That six points plus whatever I put on the Buccaneers, whatever I put on the Vi- uh, the Falcons, and mixing up my picks on the, you know, the like. What a week. What a week. Absolutely got screwed. And I'm actually still doing uh, pretty well uh, points-wise. So, you know, it wasn't a complete and utter disaster, but it just, yeah, I, I just, it wasn't as, as a big a disaster as you would think. I missed my 10-point game, 9, 6, and 5. So 5 on Atlanta, 
six on the Rams, nine on Tampa Bay. That one hurt. And then, like I said, mixing up my pick between the Giants and the Raiders, that cost me 10. I was putting 10 on the Raiders and somehow picked the Giants instead. What a screw-up. What a screw-up. But, yeah, 10 and 9, that's 19, plus 6 is 25, plus 5 for the um, Falcons. 30 points. 30 points. I'm over 100 if I get that one right. If I, if I, if I'm, and I, actually, I don't want to change my picks if my picks worked out. Actually, I wanted to change. One of those was a mistake. The other one was I didn't have the information I needed. <laughs> excuses, excuses, right? And, you know, for, for Atlanta and Tampa Bay, I like those picks, but they just blew it in the final minute, literally, in both of those games. So if those two work out like they were supposed to and that they were right up until the last minute and I get the info to change those picks on time, I have a very different week on my hands. But instead, didn't work out that way. So I'm still lingering, you know, not very well in my own uh, pick'em game. So anyway, my belly aching aside, let's go ahead and get this show started. And as we do with all our review episodes, we begin with the All Out Blitz. All Out Blitz for week number nine. We start on Thursday night football. The Steelers hosting the Titans. Will Levis, still glowing from his debut win over Atlanta, was given an ugly dose of reality against the Steeler defense, got sacked four times, and the game-sealing interception with six seconds to go in the game. The Steelers have won three out of their last four with their 20-16 victory over the Titans. Minnesota at Atlanta. Newly acquired Josh Dobbs was forced into duty when rookie Jaron Hall left the game with a concussion in the first quarter. Josh Dobbs said, hold my beer, as he led the Viking offense to 28 points, including the game-winning TD pass with 22 seconds to go over the number six defense in football as Minnesota wins their fourth straight, 31-28 to over Atlanta. Arizona at Cleveland. Looks like the Cardinals are finally in full tank mode now as they trotted out rookie quarterback Clayton Toon to take on the Browns' defense. The result? Seven sacks, two interceptions, one fumble, and a 27-0 win for the Browns as they improve to 5-3. and three. Rams at the Packers. The Packer defense took advantage of a Matt Staffordless Rams by holding backup Brett Rippon to 130 yards and an interception. Even rookie stud wide receiver Puka Nakua only had three catches for 32 yards. Meanwhile, Jordan Love was efficient and mistake-free, and the Packers snapped their four-game losing streak 20-3 over the Rams. Washington at New England, a tightly contested game throughout as Sam Howell and Mac Jones were duking it out. And in the end, it was Jartavius Martin's interception of Jones in the final minute of the game that sealed the win for the Commanders as they won a close one. 20-17 over the Patriots. Bears at Saints. The Bears trotted out their shiny new pass rusher ready to wreak havoc on the Saints offense. But the real havoc came from the Bears offense as Tyson Bajan turned the ball over four times, including three times in the fourth quarter as mistakes killed the Bears in their 24-17 loss to the Saints. Tampa Bay at Houston. The Buck defense held the Texans to 53 yards rushing on Sunday but they forgot that defending the pass was also important. C.J. Stroud threw for a rookie record 470 yards and five touchdowns, including the game winner to Tank Dell with six seconds to go to get the Texans back to 500 with a 39-37 win. Indianapolis at Carolina. The Panthers coming off their first win of 2023, but maybe they parted a little too hard as they were down 20-3 at the half in this one. Panthers' defense was game, holding the Colts to less than 200 yards total offense, but Indy's Kenny Moore, Kenny Moore had two pick sixes, and that was the difference in the Colts' 27-13 win over Carolina. Giants at the Raiders. Daniel Jones and the Giants cannot catch a break. As in the game, Jones returns back from a neck injury. He tears his ACL and is done for the season. Oh, yeah. And Antonio Pierce in his first game as interim head coach led the Raiders to a dominating 30-6 win. And finally, on Monday night, the Chargers at the Jets. The Jets' defense was up to the task. 
held the Chargers' offense to under 200 yards and sacked Herbert five times. The problem is the Charger defense was even more up to the task with seven sacks, forcing three turnovers that scored 14 points for the Charger offense as they snapped the Jets' three-game winning streak 27-6 on Monday Night Football. And there you have it, guys, the all-out blitz for week number nine. Mixed results uh, at best, you know, it just... uh, I really wish I had put that Raiders pick in correctly because um, that was 10 points that I lost because I picked the Raiders. I picked them to win, but when I when I did it, I did it online on my computer because on the phone they'd show the logos and all that kind of stuff. I don't – I don't. It, yeah, I, and I didn't catch it when I was looking over my uh, picks on the phone. Bonehead mistake, cost me 10 points. Yeah, not great. I think I only scored like 70 points. Uh, this week we'll we'll talk about more of that on Thursday when we preview uh, week number ten. But let's go ahead and and dive into the bulk uh, of our show with the week nine pick six. We begin our pick six in Germany, where the ste uh, the Steelers the the Chiefs. And the Dolphins kicked off the Sunday schedule uh, at 8.30 here in the uh, Midwest. And uh, two 6-2 and two teams, two first-place uh, squads, basically looking to establish dominance in the AFC because the winner of this would have the best record in the conference and would be, you know, have the early uh, advantage as far as home field advantage uh, or that, that one bye week now that we have uh, in the playoffs now that it's you know been seven teams for the last uh, uh, few years. And, and I said in the preview that the game would kind of come down to whoever got their offense going in this one because the Chiefs have this young, uh, you know, upstart uh, defense that's, you know, filled with rookies and second-year uh, players led by Steve Spagnuolo, um, and uh, he's kind of been a master strategist in, in getting the most – uh, out of these young guys um, and and not having a lot of stars uh, on the defensive uh, side. But, um, you know, and the Dolphins are, on the, on the other hand, have this world-class track meet on, on the football field. On the offensive, on the offensive side, Mahomes and the, and the Chiefs kind of struggling with consistency uh, on the offensive side. I mean, they, they really miss having a guy like Tyreek Hill uh, on the offensive side, that, that, that killer, that closer, if you will, um, you know, because Travis Kelsey can't do it all by himself. And uh, when he was sharing the wealth with guys like Tyreek uh, and company, the offense uh, for Kansas City was quite potent. But the Chiefs have not been big players in the scoreboard uh, this season. You know, 20 against the Lions, 17 against the Jags, they had that explosion against the Bears, but it was the Bears, so nobody was really surprised to see it happen there. 23 against the Jets, 27 against the Vikings, 19 against the Broncos in the first matchup. They had 31 against the Chargers three weeks ago, two weeks ago, and then nine points as they struggled to score even one touchdown uh, against the Broncos uh, in the rematch last Sunday. And even, even in this game against the uh, Dolphins, they only managed 14 points on offense because their third touchdown was a scoop and score on a fumble recovery uh, for the uh, for the Chiefs. But going back to my original point, whoever got their offense going first, I thought would be the winner in this game. And, and frankly, I thought it would be the Dolphins, but the Dolphins didn't decide to start playing offense until the second half. And it was the Chiefs that got it going. Opening drive, seven plays, 75 yards, Mahomes finds uh, Rishi Rice uh, to make it 7-0. Uh, late in the second quarter, uh, Jarek McKinnon, another touchdown pass uh, from Mahomes to make it 14-0. And then in the final minute of the, of the first half, uh, I believe Tua fumbled the football, and uh, Brian Cook, who actually, it was, he was pitched the ball, he runs it in for the touchdown to make it 21-0 uh, at halftime. And, and it kind of just looked like, the Chiefs were going to be able to uh, run away uh, with this thing. But uh, second-half adjustments being what they were, 
Uh, it was the Chiefs who were shut out in the second half. The Dolphins come out guns blazing uh, in the third quarter and put up 14 points. A Cedric Wilson uh, touchdown catch from from Tua and a Raheem Mostert 13-yard run. It's 21-14 to on the eve of the fourth quarter. And then it was all defense in the in the fourth quarter. The Chiefs shut down uh, Tua uh, and company. Everybody went scoreless uh, in the fourth quarter. Let's look at these drives in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was it was punt, 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 or excuse me, punt, 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 turnover on downs, and that final play of the game for the uh, Dolphins could not have gone any worse. Uh, than it did. I mean, there they are at the Kansas City 31-yard line, so they're in striking distance. There's a minute to go uh, in the game. The ball gets uh, snapped back to Tua, and I don't think the ball ever came off of the ground because it was just rolling around on the ground. It's 4th and 10 at the Kansas City 31. Tua falls on top of it. The defense falls on top of him. You know, he did what he could not to, to make it any worse. He just fell on the ball. So the Chiefs couldn't scoop it up and, and run it back, but that was the end of it. That's that's how the game ended uh, for the uh, for the Dolphins, and uh, you know it, it was a uh, it was a very surprising kind of defensive struggle between the two teams. Neither quarterback over 200 yards uh, on the day. Tua uh, 21 of 34 for 193 and a touchdown. Mahomes 20 of 30 for 185 and two uh, touchdowns. The running games, only 117 yards on the ground from Miami, 93 yards from the Chiefs, which I think is an improvement for them, believe it or not. But uh, 85 yards and a touchdown from, from Raheem Mostert. Man, they really miss Achan to, to, to bring in that kind of, you know, that dual threat in the backfield uh, thing. So, uh, you know, Pacheco had 66 carries uh, or 66 yards on 16 carries. Tyreek Hill largely silenced. By the Chiefs' defense, only 62 yards on eight carries. Uh, you know, eight, ca- eight catches on ten targets, though, so he was efficient in in being able to to get the ball when 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 Tua wanted to uh, get it to him. It's like, but overall, man, a lot of fumbles here. Looking at the stats, uh, Tyreek Hill lost the fumble. Raheem Mostert fumbled. Tua with the fumble, but also got the recovery. Yeah, interesting. So Mahomes lost a fumble in this one as well. So no picks, but each quarterback responsible uh, for a fumble uh, in this one. And, uh, you know, three sacks for the for the Chiefs, two for the Dolphins. And, and, you know, I guess this is something you would kind of expect from a game like this between two teams of this caliber. But I guess you'd expect more offense from the Chiefs uh, and the Dolphins. But a lot of back and forth, a lot of punts. And uh, in that case, like the opening drive was a touchdown for the Chiefs. Then we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven punts before the Chiefs scored again uh, at the end of the uh, second quarter there. And that was just before the um, the fumble on Miami's final drive uh, of the uh, of the half. So, yeah. But if, if Miami scores in in the first half and it looks like they were basically three and out, the entire first half, four plays on the first drive, six plays on the second, four plays on the third, three plays on the on the next one, five plays on the fumble. Oh, and then three and out on the on the the ensuing uh, drive after that. So I mean, the, the Dolphins got nothing going in the first half. So kudos to Steve Spagnolo and the uh, Chiefs defense. Uh, I, 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 it was my lowest confidence score of the week. I only put one on the Dolphins because I wasn't really confident in picking either team. That's how tight I thought this game was. It ended up being 21 to 14, a one score game with the Dolphins driving, uh, in the final minute. So I wasn't far off from what I thought it was going to be, but in the end I got it wrong. <laughs> Seahawks at Ravens five and two Seahawks, six and two Ravens and and maybe maybe the NFL should just schedule the Ravens against first place teams man because this is the second one in the last what three weeks and uh in Baltimore and because let's see three weeks ago 
They took on the Lions in Baltimore and beat the unholy hell out of them, 38-6, to where I have famously stated a few times the Lions didn't get their first first down of the game until there was six minutes to go in the second half, in the second quarter, and they were already down 28 to nothing. And then they go on the road last week to, to the Cardinals and only come out with a one-score one victory over Arizona. But come back home to Baltimore facing another first-place team in the Seahawks, and they just went buck wild for the second time in three weeks, a 37-3 win over the, uh, over the Seahawks. You know, and it was one of those where they, they went scoreless in the first quarter and then Baltimore broke out uh, in the second quarter. Gus Edwards, two touchdown runs, uh, you know, first one early in the second quarter, the second one late, 2.39 to go uh, in the second quarter, 10-play, 84-yard drive on that one, and then a Justin Tucker field goal basically as time expired to make it 17-3 to at the half, and then the second half was all Ravens. It was all Ravens. You know, two more Justin Tucker field goals in the third. Then a 40-yard run from Keaton Mitchell to end the third quarter, make it 30-3, to and then the cherry on top, Odell Beckham, a six-yard touchdown pass uh, with about eight minutes to go in the game to make it 37-3. Uh, to Let's take a look at the stats and see if we can make heads or tails of what happened here uh, on Sunday. Uh, Geno Smith, thirteen of twenty-eight for a buck fifty-seven, and one interception. Kenneth Walker, nine carries, sixteen yards. So basically, the Ravens just absolutely shut down the Seahawks. I mean, good God, one hundred and twenty-three yards passing. That was the gross, or that was the net after four sacks on Geno Smith. So 157 came down to 123, 28 yards on 15 carries for Walker, Charbonnet, and Geno Smith, which is not even two yards a carry. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba somehow had 63 yards on six catches. DK Metcalf had one catch for 50 yards, and Tyler Lockett had three catches for 32 yards, but... Tyler Lockett was three catches on eight targets. T.K. Metcalf, one catch on four targets. Yeah. And Geno Smith fumbled again, so that's two turnovers in the game uh, for him. Yeah, just uh, a disaster uh, for the uh, for the Seahawks. I mean, they got nothing going, absolutely nothing. Five first downs in the game, one for 12 on third down. Yeah, so this was an absolute Absolute drubbing by the hands of the uh, the Ravens. So I mean, they won thirty seven to three. But the real star of this game was the defense uh, for the Ravens. I mean, the the man one of twelve on third down, zero and one on fourth down. So when they had the stones to go for it on fourth down, they still came up short. One hundred fifty one yards of total offense on thirteen drives. They had the ball more than the Ravens did. The Ravens only had 12 drives in this game. Wow, 28 yards rushing, 1.9 yards per carry for anyone doing the math. And uh, 19 minutes, 56 seconds time of possession. So I take it back. Not only was the defense amazing, the offense was extremely stingy uh, with the football. So, I mean, this is utter and complete domination on the hands of the uh of the Ravens and uh, not a good look for the uh, Seahawks who uh, um, are tied now with the, actually they fall into second place. Cause I believe they've already lost the head to head to the 49ers. They played the 49ers already. Haven't they? No, they haven't actually. So I was going to say they still got that first matchup coming uh, in a couple of weeks on the 23rd Sunday night football looks like as well. So, Oh, actually it's Thanksgiving. What am I saying? That's the Thanksgiving. That's the that's the quote unquote main event on Thanksgiving, the night game on Thanksgiving night. The 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 Forty Niners and the Seahawks. After this performance, I wonder if it will be for first place. Um, there's a good likelihood they got the the, the Seahawks have the Commanders uh, next week at home, and then they're at the uh, at the Rams, who they 
lost to week one, so they've got uh, some revenge to brew up against the uh, Rams, and the Rams are in shambles right now. They're, they are a bad football team, and, and, right, and who knows how long Stafford's going to be out. But, um, yeah, this is a team that is struggling uh, just to make it through. So, yeah, so looking at this, the Seahawks should be 7-3 and three when they go into that, that Thanksgiving night game against the 49ers, but uh, the Commanders are going to give them a hell of a fight next week, so we'll see how that that ends up uh, going for them. But this is not exactly the performance that you want to have coming off the heels of uh, of that win over the Browns, who are a good football team, and, um, you know, just to get absolutely rolled like that. I mean, 37 to 3. And then you look at the stats and it's like, man, did the Seahawks even show up for this one? You know, they were dominant 21 minute time of possession advantage for the Ravens. And, you know, they had the ball 13 times. The Ravens had it 12, held on to it for 40 minutes. The Seahawks had it 13 times, just under 20 minutes, 19 minutes, 56 seconds for them. So, wow. Unbelievable. So they basically held the ball for five minutes in, in in every quarter, but the Ravens held it for 10 in every quarter. Unbelievable. So the good news for me is I thought the Ravens would win. I didn't think that they would make an utter shambles and embarrassment uh, of this game, but uh, I picked the Ravens to win, and they did so, and by a lot. <laughs> Dallas at Philadelphia, big matchup in the NFC East. The five and two of uh, Cowboys, the seven and one uh, Eagles. Always a big matchup between these two, um, especially the last uh, few years. Uh, you know, between these two teams, and uh, unfortunately, you guys heard me mention it in the in the preview. These are usually the games that the Cowboys somehow managed not to show up for. Today, thankfully for anybody who watched the game, that was not the case because the Cowboys came to play. They just came up short like they almost always do uh, in these types of games uh, as well. You know, And it wasn't for, uh, for lack of effort or lack of trying. Dak Prescott, 29 of 44, 374 and three touchdowns, no interceptions, um, he did have a, a fumble, but he also recovered his own fumble, so no turnover on him. C.D. Lamb had a fumble uh, in the game that uh, that hurt uh, the uh, hurt the uh, Cowboys, but C.D. Lamb made up for it by catching eleven balls for one hundred and ninety one yards uh, against the um, against the Cow against the the Eagles. Speaking of receivers, A.J. Brown's one hundred twenty five yard game streak was snapped. He only got about half with seven catches for 66 yards, but he did score a touchdown uh, in the ball game, and his team got the dub, which I'm sure he's far more concerned about than whether or not his uh, his receiving yard streak uh, was uh, kept going. Uh, and they were going up against a tough defense in the, uh, in the Cowboys. You know, uh, Hertz got sacked three times. He was hit quite a bit more. Uh, Prescott was sacked five times by that Eagle Defense, so this really was kind of like a strength versus strength matchup on both sides of the ball. Both teams really good on defense. Both teams talented on offense. The Eagles are just better. They, uh, they, they are the ones that are, that are better at kind of tailoring what they need to do. The Cowboys seemingly only do one thing well, and that's throw uh, the ball with C.D. Lamb and, and Gallup and, and uh, Brandon Cooks and, 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 who, and whoever they have out there. So um, the Eagles basically do what needs to be done in order to win because Jalen Hurts, 17 of 23, so fairly efficient, only 207, but had the two touchdowns, and he had another tush-push uh, touchdown in there as well, so three scores uh, for, for Hurts. He shook off a knee injury. Uh, it's been bugging him for the last couple of weeks, and he took a direct shot to his knee uh, in the game uh, as well. You see him kind of hobbled a bit. Uh, when he got up from the uh, from the hit, but he stayed in the game. He hasn't even been on the injury report. That's how uh, little the knee injury concerns him. Um, I, I believe it's just diagnosed as somewhat of a, like a knee bruise at this point. So, but they said he's not even on the injury report. Uh, that's how little the injury concerns him, or I guess anyone else 
in, in Philly, uh, for that matter. But, um, you know, tail of the tape here, the, uh, the Eagles, you know, seven and one, the only one lost team left, uh, in the NFL, uh, came out early 13 plays, 77 yards on an eight minute drive and a Kenneth Gainwell touchdown run, put him up seven, nothing. Uh, the Cowboys came right back, uh, with, uh, Jake Ferguson catching a four yard pass from Prescott to make it seven, seven at the end of one. And then had the better of Philly in the second quarter. They won that quarter 10 to seven to take a 17, 14 lead, uh, into the half. Cavante Turpin, who man, the, the, Cowboys have kind of turned. I mean, because the Cowboys are the Cowboys, everyone pretty much knows who's on the team. I have no idea who Kenneth Gainwell or who Cavante Turpin are. And I do an NFL show. <laughs> but they scored the two touchdowns in the first half for the Cowboys that had them leading 17-14 uh, at the half. But a 14-point third quarter is pretty much what sealed the game for the uh, Eagles. Devontae Smith, 29-yard catch. From uh from Hertz and then a four yard catch uh for AJ Brown to make it twenty eight to seventeen at the end of three. And the Cowboys did score a touchdown. Jake Tolbert, a seven yard catch. Jalen, excuse me, Jalen Tolbert from Prescott to make it twenty eight twenty three. The two point conversion failed to make it a three point uh game. And then the Cowboys had the ball at the end of the uh at the end of the game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the Cowboys had the ball at the end of the the game. We got it all the way down to the Philly 27-yard uh, line and uh, threw the ball to CeeDee Lamb. And CeeDee Lamb, that was the fumble. He caught the ball and fumbled, I think, about the five-yard line. And uh, it was recovered by uh, by Brown for the, uh, the Eagles to kind of seal the win. So a, a big scare at the end uh, of the game as C.D. Lamb got inside the five-yard line on that last play. And I, don't, I, didn't, I haven't watched the, the film, I'll be honest with you. I didn't watch the highlights for this one. But, um, you know, maybe he reached out or tried to stretch the ball or something uh, as he was getting close to the, uh, to the goal line. He ends up fumbling the ball, and it was recovered. Um, Oh, it says it was recovered by Blankenship. I'm, I'm looking at the play-by-play uh, online. So, yeah, that was huge. Huge stop and a heart-stopping moment, I'm sure, for all Eagles fans as, uh, you know, the Cowboys were charging down the field uh, with 46 seconds to go. They had the ball, and they they managed to get, the, to get it downfield. They had a roughing the passer call uh, help them out. They had a defensive pass interference. Wow. On the first two plays, defensive pass interference for 36 yards. So that got the ball to, what, midfield? Looks like, yeah, first and 10 at the 50. And then roughing the passer on the very next play, and that got them down to the Philly 25-yard line. Wow, this last drive was a, was bananas. They got it down to the 25. Prescott hits Lamb to get the ball down to the 14, so that's a first down. On first down, a five-yard offside penalty by Jalen Carter gives him the ball at the six. Then Prescott gets sacked for 11 yards. Wow. Oh, excuse me. False start penalty. Then it's back at the 11. So back-to-back penalties, one by the Eagles, one by the one by the Cowboys. Prescott gets sacked for 11 yards, so now we're back at the 22. Delay of game penalty puts him at the 27, and that's where we're at for the final play as he hits C.D. Lamb, who gets stopped at the five-yard uh, line when he fumbles, and that's how the game ends. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. So, yeah, the Cowboys are going to hurt for this one. They're two games back or two-and-a-half games back in the, in, the AF, in the NFC East, and they've lost the first head-to-head matchup uh, with the Eagles. Uh, let's see when they get the rematch. Oh, not too long. December 10th, Sunday night football, and that one will be in Dallas, of course. So the Chief, the, the, the Eagles have the Chiefs, the Bills, and the 49ers. Yeesh. I mean, 
they can beat they can win all three of these games. I don't yeah, and the 49ers game is at home. The Bills are at home, the Chiefs are an arrowhead. I think I'll be picking them to beat the Chiefs just because the Chiefs are struggling so much on offense for consistency. They're here today, gone tomorrow with their offensive output, and I think the Eagles' defense can kind of cancel them out. The Bills, their defense is torn apart by injuries right now. We'll talk about them here in a minute when we get to our last pick six game, but you know, Josh Allen and that offense are doing absolutely everything that they can, but they have to be perfect and they have to be prolific to kind of recover what's going on with the Bills' defense right now. I mean, they're still game. They're still playing hard, but they no Tredavious White, no Matt Milano. Um, they lost one of their defensive tackles to a pectoral injury or a bicep injury. One of the two was a muscle uh, that he tore uh, and everything. So on each level of the defense, they've lost somebody very, very important uh, to them. I mean, it would it would be like uh, like the Eagles losing, you know, Jalen Carter, whoever their linebacker is, I'm forgetting, and then Bradbury all in the same, you know, like all three of those guys are gone. And, uh, you know, they're picking up the pieces trying to uh, move on uh, without them. So it's uh, it's a hell of a situation that the Bills are, are dealing with. And then there's the 49ers, who right now are losers of three straight. They were on the bye this week, so you can't lose if you don't play. But, um, you know, a lot of people think they've been exposed or at the very least think Brock Purdy has been exposed, which takes a lot of the power away from the 49ers. They're going to have a lot to, to answer for before this December 3rd game uh, against the Eagles. But on paper, that is a murderous next four games because they have the Chiefs next week, the Bills after that, the 49ers after that, and then the Cowboys again on December 10th. And then they go to Seattle to play the Seahawks. So the, the we're going to find out who the Eagles really are these next five weeks because their schedule up to this point the Patriots, the Vikings, the Buccaneers, the Commanders twice, the Rams, the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Cowboys yesterday. You know, the Eagles are the Eagles. They're 8-1 and one for a reason. They played those games, and they won almost all of them. And uh, But the meat of that first-place schedule is laid out right in front of them here. The Chiefs, the Bills, the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Seahawks. The next five weeks, we'll see how much different that 8-1 and one record is. If the Eagles are 13-1 and one after this five-week stretch, I will put up my hands and profess undying loyalty to the Eagles as the NFC representative in the Super Bowl again. Because if they can get through that unscathed, they're definitely the team to beat for all of it, not just in the NFC. So, But that's... Uh, that's a hell of a wait because after they get through that, they have the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Giants to finish the season. So, yeah, they got a pretty easy last three weeks to get out of the schedule, but they got to run through this tornado that is the Chiefs, the Bills, the Niners, the Cowboys, and the Seahawks to get through to the other side. So interesting weeks ahead uh, for the Eagles. The Cowboys, on the other hand, let's take a quick look at them before we move on. Let's see. They have the Giants, the Panthers, the Commanders, the Seahawks before they play the Eagles again. So a much, much easier road. The Giants, Panthers, and Commanders are combined for, what, six wins, maybe seven out of those three teams because the Panthers have one, the Giants have two, the Commanders won four, won number four yesterday. So that's seven And then they before they play the Seahawks. So their next tough game comes against the Seahawks unless the commanders are onto something. We'll never, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but uh, yeah. So interesting road ahead for these two teams before they meet up again on the 10th, the Eagles are going to be taking on just about every heavyweight they can for the next month before they play the Cowboys. Again, the Cowboys are on the other hand, back-to-back cupcakes, uh, a divisional team that they have moderate success against before finally facing the Seahawks before the Eagles won last time. So check back with me in a month, and let's see where this is when the Eagles and the uh, Cowboys hook up again because there's a tough, tough road for one and a not-so-tough one for the other. But the good news is I know the Cowboys always kind of fall short in games like this, and they proved me right once again. 
Bills at Bengals, Sunday night football, the five and three Bills, the four and three Bengals. However, the Bengals are on a three game winning streak after starting one and three. Buffalo kind of struggling the last few weeks, but as I mentioned a few moments ago, that had a lot to do with the fact that they've suffered some injuries on the defensive side. They've lost three out of their last five after starting three and one. They had that loss overseas to the Jaguars. They beat the Giants in a tough one on Sunday Night Football, only won that game 14-9. to They fall short on that Patriot uh, comeback victory uh, a few weeks ago, beat up on the Buccaneers on Thursday Night Football, and held on for the victory there before heading into Cincinnati uh, last night. So it was quite an interesting matchup, and two teams kind of going in opposite uh, directions, you know, where, where a month ago, the Bills were the toast of the AFC. They were on a three-game winning streak. They were dominating, uh, you know, having these dominating victories, 38-10 to 10 over the Raiders, 37-3 to 3 over the Commanders, and then the previously unbeaten Dolphins come into town after putting 70 up on the Broncos, can only score 20 uh, against the Bills, and lost 48-20 to 20, uh, in that one. So, I mean, the Bills weren't only winning, they were dominating teams. But the, that's where the injury bug started. I think that's the game where Tredavious White uh, went down. I think they lost um, Milano overseas in the U.K. with the I believe he broke his leg or something like that. But it was season-ending, whatever it was. And they've kind of just been reeling uh, since then. You know, like I said, that's where it started with the Jaguars, that tough, tough win uh, over the Giants. Then they, you know, they, they went and got the lead over ball over uh, New England and then Mac Jones led a game winning drive uh to to you know to take the victory away from them and then on the short week they beat the Buccaneers 10 days rest to get ready for this one against the Bengals and it pretty much kind of went the way that I thought it would based on how these two teams have been playing the last 4 weeks you know the Bengals are 3 and 1 uh in the last 4 and they've won their yeah they've won their last three they 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 were that team that I couldn't figure out in the first month because the Bengals have Joe Burrow and he's been playing the whole season but they get smoked twenty four to three week one against the Browns they barely get uh, they barely get edged out by the Ravens at home week two then they finally win on Monday night against the Rams to avoid an zero and three start but then back that up on the road at Tennessee losing twenty seven to three and it's like okay. What is going on with the Bengals? You know, if Burrow's not healthy, he shouldn't be out there. But then the following week against the Cardinals, the offense really got going for the first time. The week after that, against the Seahawks, the offense still kind of stumbled, but the defense really stepped up in that one, turning the Seahawks away at just about every pass uh, in that one. They, they, they eke out a tough win, 17-13. to 13. Then last Sunday was their statement win. They went out to uh, Santa Clara and beat the 49ers straight up, 31-17. to 17. Then, you know, that's when it's like, okay, Burrow is back now. And with Burrow being back, Cincinnati, therefore, is back. And that's what we saw from the Bengals uh, last night. You know, Burrow, 31-44, 348, two touchdowns, no picks uh, in the game. T. Higgins, eight catches, 110 yards. Uh, in that one, you know, it's just, an, you know, they just got after. Um, they got after uh, Cincinnati, or excuse me, Buffalo right away. I mean, they traded touchdowns to start the game. Uh, you know, the uh, the Bengals come out and nine plays, 75 yards, and, and put it in the uh, end zone. Then right back, here come the Bills. Seven plays, 65 yards, boom. Touchdown, 7-7. I'm like, okay, here we go. But then, <laughs> right after that, Cincinnati comes, 11 plays, 69 yards, boom, another touchdown. This one to uh, uh, Joe Joe Mixon? Yeah, Joe Mixon for a touchdown run uh, on this one. I was like, I forgot which one was his. Because I, watch, I watched most of this game. And, um, you know, so now they're up 14-7. to and then it was kind of going back and forth, three and outs. Um, Joe, excuse me, not Joe Burrow, but uh, Allen threw an interception 
uh, in this one, but no inter- no uh, no points until late in the first half when uh, Burrow led them on another drive uh, and found Drew Sample for 22 yards and a touchdown to make it 21-7 at the half. And that was pretty much all they needed because they only scored a field goal in the fourth quarter to make it, I believe, 24 to 10 uh, in the, uh, in the fourth quarter. And Buffalo went on a run late. Uh, they scored a touchdown with about, uh, what, four minutes to go in the game. Yeah. Three and a half minutes to go, uh, in the game. They he finally found, uh, Stefan Diggs in the end zone, made it 24 to 16. They went for two and they got it. So now, it is a six-point game, so a, a touchdown will tie it. The extra point will win it, but unfortunately for Buffalo, the Bengals did not give the football back. They held on to the ball uh, for the final few moments. Buffalo had all their timeouts used up um, at 2.37 to go uh, in the game, and then the, they were able to get a first down after the two-minute warning, and you know then Burrow just iced the game by kneeling on it. Uh, three times so you know it was it was an interesting game uh, to watch and like I said Burrow was was brilliant in the game even though they basically shot their wad in the first half offensively because they only scored the three points uh, in the uh, in the fourth quarter afterwards but the you know the Bengals themselves are kind of feeding off of uh, of Burrow's vibe and he is he's all the way back you know, 348 yards uh, against the the Bills. Two touchdowns, no picks. I mean, they only ran for 54 yards in this game. Joe Mixon, 14 carries, 37 yards, and his one uh, touchdown. They're, they're, otherwise, it was all on Burrow uh, and the passing game, and uh, 31 of 44 for 348. They only sacked him once, so the offensive line doing a much better job protecting him where he was kind of getting beat up in the in the first four weeks of the season, but I also believe a lot of that had to do with the that calf injury that was still hindering him. He's fully healthy now. The Bengals are rolling. They've won four straight. The funny thing is, statistically, they're still in last place in their division. But here's the funny thing. If the season ended today, all four teams in the AFC North make the playoffs. So it's the three division it's the four it's the three division winners in the East the South and the West, and then all four teams in the AFC North are in the uh, are in the playoffs. Unbelievable. So, but uh, yeah, they're five and three. They're on a four game winning streak, but they're in the same division with two other five and three teams and the Ravens, who are seven and two right now. So it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be and it's going to be you know the, the way that the Bengals are playing right now. They're they're probably playing some of the best football in the league. At the moment, you know, having turned a one and three record into a five and three uh, record in the last uh, month, and let's look ahead to see what they have uh, coming up. So they have the Texans. That's going to be a tough game. They finally get their rematch with the Ravens. I believe that's a Thursday night football game. If I'm looking at this correctly, yeah, yeah, because eleven twelve that's next Sunday. Eleven sixteen is the Ravens. So that's a Thursday. Night matchup. That's a tough couple of days for the uh, for the Bengals because the Texans, as we talked about in the All Out Blitz, they came from behind and won a game on uh, Sunday with Stroud throwing for four hundred and seventy yards. So their defense is going to want to be on point. They're going to want to get that pass rush going, and those uh, those DBs they love to draft. Uh, get them out there playing some defense, and and if they shut C.J. Stroud down, I think they've got the win, and I think I have a little more faith in them to do that than uh, than for Stroud to go off for another 400 yards and five touchdowns uh, again. But it's like the Texans, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Jaguars. That's the next month for the uh, for the Bengals. We're gonna know a lot by the Beng- for the Bengals about the Bengals by the end of that month. Okay, the Texans, the Ravens, the Texans are a tough out. They're four and four. They're actually technically only one game behind Cincinnati in the playoff race. You know, Cincinnati five and three, uh, Houston four and four with their win uh, over the Buccaneers. Then you have the Steelers. It's their first matchup against the Steelers at Jacksonville. 
who I think were off this week, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, they were off this week. Uh, they've also won five in a row, the Jaguars, at this point. But, yeah, the Texans, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Jaguars. That's the next month for the Bengals. So we're going to learn a lot about how back the Bengals actually are after these next uh, four weeks. So, yeah, the Bills, on the other hand, mm, it's here and there. They're home for the Broncos and the Jets. The Jets, they have a little comeuppance to get to for after losing week one. Allen threw three interceptions. Basically, he lost them the game uh, against the uh, the Jets. Then they're on the road at the Eagles, at the Chiefs. That's the next four games for the Bills. So if they're five and four now, I wouldn't be surprised if they were seven and six at the end of this, which uh, then they have the Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins the last four weeks. Hmm. Yeah, they're really decimated by injuries, and it's, and it's a shame that the Bills are a good football team. But I think that the injuries are kind of taking away what could have been a really special season uh, for them. So we'll have to wait and see on uh, how they respond, if they can get some some people back or, or maybe somebody steps up uh, for them. But the next couple of weeks, the Broncos, the Jets, I think they should win those games, especially since they're both at home. But at the Eagles, at the Chiefs, oof, that's tough. That's tough. They've won a few in a row in uh, Kansas City, in the regular season at least. But uh, will they be able to stand up and do it in the current state that they're in? That will be a tough uh, t- tough ask uh, for them. But, uh, yeah, fun game between the Bills and the uh, Bengals. You know, the Bengals not giving that ball back to uh, – to Josh Allen to see if he could drive it back down the field and tie and or win uh, the game. The Bills, you know, struggling right now. They're a good football team, but like I said, they're the ones that have been just decimated by injuries uh, so far. The Bengals, on the other hand, they got out of the month of October undefeated, and they started of uh, they started up uh, November the right way as well with another victory. <laughs> And there you have it, guys. That is the pick six for week number nine, and that will do it for the week nine review episode of the fourth phase. Come back tomorrow because we're doing the quick turnaround because the Bears are playing on Thursday this week. Come back tomorrow. Myself and Rashad Beard from the Panther Nation podcast will be previewing Bears-Panthers for week number 10, and then the fourth phase will be back on Thursday with the rest uh, of the schedule. So, that's what we got full, uh, you know, playing out for the rest of the week. So until then, my name is Larry D. This has been the fourth phase. We will see you next time.